This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the wheat markets for Tuesday, January 30th. Well, grain markets in general yesterday were lower across the board. Wheat got down into its first level of support and bounced off of it, which I think is worth noting. Corn is testing the mid-January low. Soybeans took out their mid-January low and actually closed below that low. So that does suggest that there probably is going to be more weakness in beans. If, however, the market snaps back today, closes above that mid-January low, then it's probably going to see a corrective rally first before it extends on down. So when you get markets testing previous lows, quite often they they find support there because they did once before. So it wouldn't surprise me to see both corn and soybeans get a bounce from here as we are testing those lows and we're not really melting through them. The market is at least showing some respect in corn. Soybeans, again, are did close below that low, but it wasn't a major wipeout. And with wheat, we bounced off of support. Now, the night session is lower again. Wheat is down another six to eight. Soybeans are actually up a couple coming into the break. And corn is basically testing the low from yesterday. So we're we're hovering at those support levels once again, with soybeans finding a little bit of uh, relief there. Uh, soybeans yesterday, there was a rumor floating around that an East Coast uh, feed miller here in the United States was importing three cargoes of soybeans from Argentina. So obviously that's going to be a pretty negative component to the soybean space. Now that said, it's not unusual for them to import Argentine beans, but this early in the year is unusual. Normally it's late spring when U.S. supplies are really tight and Argentine supplies are very abundant. Well, you know, this time around, Argentina's really not into their soybean harvest yet. And of course, the U.S. has plenty of beans available, and we're not selling as many to China as we typically have by this time of year. So it's, it is disconcerting, to say the least, to see this kind of price pressure going on in the soy complex. With Brazil, the rains that finally came in early January you know, late D's really turned the corner on this market. It just fell apart from there. And it, uh, and again, we just haven't had the Chinese demand, at least for U.S. beans. They have been buying a lot of Brazilian beans. In fact, uh, Brazilian soy sales are at a record high for this time of year, and most of those are going to China. So China continuing to favor South American beans over U.S. beans. At the same time, you're looking at a Chinese economy that is clearly sputtering. And, you know, they've had an enormous hog herd, which has just overwhelmed them with pork. They are trying to reduce that hog herd, which obviously means they need less soy meal and less soybeans. So that's something to keep in mind as well in the bigger picture. But Brazilian harvest is picking up. We're running about 11% complete already. Yields have been much less than expected, and we weren't expecting big yields. So that early drought clearly took some uh, significant yields off, and it's going to lower total production. USDA still has Brazilian production at around 155 million tons, and that is the official Brazilian government estimate as well. But all the private guys are sub-150 in around the, the mid-140s. So as time goes on, 
the Brazilian soy production is not going to be that bearish because it's going to be less than what the market was expecting. It's going to be less than last year. So in the bigger picture, I think once our harvest pressure is behind us, uh, we, I don't see a lot more pressure coming into the soy complex. Other than here in the United States, we do expect to see plantings up, but demand is also very strong for soybeans, soybean oil, for biodiesel production. Those plants are coming online and they're big plants. And uh, that's going to you know, just completely elevate the demand base for vegetable oils in general. And of course, that's going to be primarily soybean oil here in the United States. We've got uh, Sovicon putting out an estimate for Russian wheat exports last week at around 580,000 tons. That would be down 60,000 tons from the previous week. They're estimating total January wheat exports at 3.6 million tons compared to 3.9 million a year ago. Coming back to weather a little bit in South America, Argentina has been experiencing about three weeks now of dry weather. Last week, the forecast for about the 10 days out was suggesting that rains would come by around February 5th. Well, now those forecasts keep pushing the rain back. Now we're looking at February 10th to the 11th before they bring the rains back in. So here we go again. This was the problem in Brazil here a month and a half ago. They kept pushing back those forecasts for rain. Now we're seeing that in Argentina. And the heat is really building. We're going to see... Uh, 99 to 105 degrees here over the next week in the heart of Argentine growing area. For soybeans, we're entering the pollination stage for soybeans, so this is critical. For corn, we're pretty much past most of the pollination, but now we're in the grain filling stage. So this heat clearly can still have a, a significant impact on corn and soybeans in Argentina. So now the weather problem has shifted from Brazil to Argentina and it looks like uh, they're headed for a stretch of some pretty intense weather there. Clearly the market's not too worried about that, but I think you get another three, four days and the forecast continues to push the rain back, that's going to start to have an impact not only on, on crop production down there, but the market's going to have to start paying more attention to it. Crop condition ratings were out yesterday, the, the monthly report for winter wheat in Montana. We're looking at 41% good to excellent. That's down two points from a month ago, still up 25 over where we were a year ago. In Kansas, 54% good to excellent. That's up 11 over last month and up 35 over last year. Nebraska, 69% good to excellent, up 21 over a month ago and up a whopping 51 over a year ago. Colorado sitting at 63% good to excellent. That's up two over last month and up 25 over last year. Oklahoma, 63% good to excellent. That's down four points from last month, but still up 25 over last year. And Texas sitting at 42% good to excellent. I don't have any comparisons for, the, for Texas. So, you know, clearly we're in a much better situation for winter wheat in the plains than we were a year ago. And moisture conditions kind of just keep improving. We've had a lot of rain and a lot of snow. But that said, we are looking at a huge high pressure ridge coming down uh, from Canada into the United States that's going to take temperatures well above normal across the northern 
tier northern plains and northern Midwest dipping down into the Midwest, that's going to melt off a lot of snow, and it still is only January. It's late January, but we still have to get through February, which can bring some pretty intense weather across the northern plains. So you start melting off snow off this winter wheat, you didn't have a lot to start with, to be honest. So that raises the risk of wheat. So we're, you know, paying a lot of attention to that because you just don't have the protective cover that you typically do this time of year. Now, we don't see a lot of intense cold behind this high pressure ridge, but still, again, we're just getting into February. There's a lot of time for old man winter to bear down upon us. So this is this is important. It's not uh, an issue at the moment, but certainly was something we're going to keep an eye on. If you have any questions, feel free to call at 1-800-888-9843. This is Ben Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.